Welcome to the Vic Tipness Podcast. If you're listening to this, maybe there's something inside of you that's yearning to create a better life for yourself. Follow along as Vic shares his story and the exact practical ways he went from having just $78 in the bank to becoming a multi-million dollar entrepreneur. I'm buying a house in two weeks where, you know, I didn't ask too many questions, but the lady, the wife needs to get out of the country very quickly. Don't know why, but that's an emergency situation. The shady. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to ask too many questions, yeah. but yeah, I'll buy the house and we're getting the house. We're buying the house for 265000 and the ARV, the comps on this house, the resale value is like $450,000. I do this shit. So... Uh, today on the show, we have Dolmar Cross, who's a very successful entrepreneur, uh, real estate investor. Um, what else? You have all the, you have a lot of accolades, co-founder, real advisors here in Tampa, Florida. Um, really, really great guy. Uh, we've been talking kind of here behind the scenes and, and really nice guys, a great family, um, community guy, you know, church guy. And, um, you know, we, we're spending the day talking about real estate life, how to build freedom, how to create freedom, how to get into real estate with no money or little money, or no cash, credit, whatever. Um, and so hope you enjoy the show. So I was born in Jamaica. I know I don't have the accent, yeah. but I was born there. So I'm authentic Jamaican, even though my French joke can say I'm a Jafakin. <laughs> you know, it's funny about that because I, I tell my wife some one day she lost her Rolex. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know what you're going to end up with, right? She's like, what? So I'm like, you're going to get a Folex. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> they, they never let me live that down because I don't have the accent. I understand how, uh, the language, you know, the patois, but I yeah. can't speak it. But I left when I was four because my dad's a pastor. So I moved around basically my whole life as a, as a child in my childhood. So I, I went to St. Lucia for four years after I left Jamaica. Then I went to Barbados for two years. And then yeah. I came to America when I was 10. Wow. Yeah, moved around so quite a bit. How old are you now? I am... Uh, uh, 38. I just had a birthday. I had to think about oh, it. Oh, yeah. happy belated, man. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. that. So, so now you're, you're in Florida and, and, and what's, what's happening now? Cause you, you, you had a pretty, uh, crazy story, man. So you obviously you're, you're a real estate investor, uh, flipping how you flipped over a thousand houses. Yeah. That's over, gosh, a 18 year career. I started real estate when I was 20 years old, when I was a broke college student living, uh, you know, just above, above broke, basically. Yeah, yeah. I was a balloon artiste. That's how I paid my bills and paid for my tuition. Oh, no, you were a balloon artist. Artiste. You got to make it sound a little sexy. Okay, artiste. <laughs> like you make the shapes and balloons. And I made stuff? pregnant monkeys. Oh, uh, 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 lovebirds kissing. I did it all. Wow. <laughs> so I got a little. That's okay. a talent, man. Yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm an artist. I pencil draw. I actually had a bunch of scholarships out of high school, which I didn't take any. I didn't go to college. But, uh, but I appreciate the arts. Yeah. That shit's hard, dude. It, it was. And, How'd you um, learn that? So I saw an ad when I was trying to get a job to pay yeah. for my, my bills. I saw an ad in the paper for balloon artists. And you're just like, well, and fuck I it, I can like, do it? Yeah. No and shit. so I did it. And the uh, owner of the company and his wife, they taught us. They were, they were a startup. So I yeah. got in right when they were starting this business. And what they would do is they would have contracts with different restaurants locally here in Tampa. They would send us in. We didn't get a salary or anything. We were just paid by tips. But in three hours, I would make like 300 bucks yeah. just on tips because I got really good at it. And um, that's how I survived college. And then I did door-to-door -door sales, knocking on doors, selling Dish Network satellites until 
I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of being broke, living yeah. just about broke every month. And so, you know, oftentimes my parents had to pay my bills to you know, help me out some months. And mm. I was like, you know, I'm sick of this. I got to do something different. And, and how, how old were you at that at that when you had that kind of uh, moment? I was uh, 19, 19 years old. Right before I turned 20, I started having the the uh, interest in entrepreneurship. I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. And. It opened my eyes to the possibilities of what could be with real estate. It was not a step-by-step -step book by any means, but it showed me what was possible. Yeah, yeah. And that's what piqued my interest. And, you know, back then, I, I turned 20 uh, shortly after that. I was having, I remember having conversations with my dad. You know, my dad's a pastor. He wanted me to be ambitious, strive for greatness. But I remember having a conversation with my dad. Hey, dad, I know I'm broke. I don't have any credit, no, 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 nothing established, but I want to get into real estate. And he was like, son, you know, be serious, be realistic, stay in school, get that degree, climb the rungs of the ladder to success when you get into corporate America and forget this pipe dream. Because for him, you know, coming from the Caribbean, his idea and only thought of success was only this one path. Mm -hmm. You got to go to school and get this uh, college degree in education. And so he thought that it wasn't realistic. Domi, you got to have 20% down. You got to have money. You got to have yeah, credit. Yeah, yeah. My friends didn't believe it was possible. Domar, you're, you're going to fail before you even start. So why even bother trying? Success is not meant for you. My ex-girlfriends were like, you're a freaking balloon artist. Who do you think you are? Yeah. And so literally- And, and a lot of that is, is, is middle class mentality. So yes. I talk, talk a lot about that. Middle, middle class mentality is not uh, middle class income, right? Middle class mentality is this whole idea of being bought into the system yeah. of growing old, getting a house, 20% down, 401k, you know, making sure you got your college money set aside and, yeah. you know, two cars, maybe one's a van, right? And there's this mentality of the middle class that if anybody tries to go outside of that, I, I don't want that. No, you yeah. got to have that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Now, now, now you're crazy, Yeah. right? Now you're crazy. Now people start calling you crazy, right? Yeah. So, so you, you dealt with that. Absolutely. And, you know, as far as my parents go, it's not that they didn't want me to succeed and have success. It's just that they didn't know what they didn't know. Yeah, they had their own formula of what that's that conditioned middle class mentality, right? Absolutely. You know, get a job, save your money. Maybe one day you'll have you'll have some cash to Absolutely. do whatever, but yeah, it never works out. And so thank God I didn't listen. I broke the rules and even, you know, close friends around me back then, college friends, you know, that crab in the bucket mentality, you know, when you're trying to climb out that bucket, yeah. um, you know, they don't like change. They don't like change the status quo, so they'll pull you down. And so they said all kinds of nasty things to me. You're going to fail. And guess what? I jumped into real estate with no um, and why, why real estate? Because what, what, why, why? I read that book. I Because you read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. Okay. So all I right. read that book, and that told me, you know, one of the vehicles to success and is real estate. And the most yeah. successful people in the world all have real estate. So, you know, I was like, okay, let me give that a shot. But... I didn't know how to start. And the book was not a step-by-step -step book. And so, you know, I talked to my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife today. It was like, you know, met her at church. and was like, hey, I want to get into real estate. Yeah, she's back there. Oh, there she is. <laughs> I told her, hey, I want to get it. This is our first meeting, by the and way. And how long ago was that? This was, uh, we've been married 15 years, so that was uh, 17 years ago. 17 years ago. Met her at church. Man. Um, I used you guys to look so young, though. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask, how old, how old are you? Get out of here. Yeah. Wow. And I'm 38. Um, I used to, I used to, my dad's a pastor, as I said, and I used to do um, what's called animated sign language. Uh -huh. So it's a talent I picked up from my mother. You know, growing up, your parents want you to do all these different things, sports and different, uh, play different instruments. But my mom, she loved the art of sign language. 
And she wanted us to learn it, my siblings and I, to learn it. Not because we knew someone that was deaf. She just loved the art of it. Yeah, yeah. And so I started learning sign language around 10 years old. And I had the opportunity to join this group at our church that out of nowhere just blew up. And, you know, I had the opportunity to perform with Kurt Franklin and Donnie McClurkin. And I performed at the Super Bowl 33 doing the wow. national anthem. I was in an R. Kelly music video. I don't really talk about that much because people are always like, what video? <laughs> yeah, yeah, R. Kelly, yeah. You got to distance yourself from that cat. But I was in yeah. the uh, world's greatest music video for the wow. movie Ali. So I had some really cool uh, experiences growing up. And so my wife met me at church when I was doing an engagement. And, you know, that's how we met was because wow. of that performance. Uh, and, and, we, you know, we had a great conversation. Told her about my ambitions, my goals, and... I just laid it all on her fire yeah, hoser yeah, all yeah. of this. And yeah. she introduced me to her shady uncle yeah. <laughs> who's, who sold me my first two houses. Yeah. And uh, I bought them wrong. I didn't uh, buy them right. But I, and how old were you at that age? I was 20. This was. Oh, you're, t you're 20. Okay. 20 years old. This was January, 2005. Wow. But I bought them wrong. I didn't know. I didn't have a coach or mentor. So I overpaid not knowing what I didn't know. Yeah. And, um, That's the shady uncle. <laughs> yeah. He, he sold me these houses over, made me overpay. But, you know, after a little bit more education, I realized, Omar, you got to be buying these below value, fix them up, force the value up, and then sell them for a profit. And so, you know, that's what I did. I bought my third property in, uh, in uh, Lakeland, Florida, not knowing anything, no construction knowledge or know-how. And the contractors I hired took advantage of my inexperience, and I barely broke even on that house. Uh, but thank God I got out of it. Then I bought my fourth property in Ybor City. And it was a frame house. You walk in, you look up, you see sky, you look down, you see dirt. It's a complete shell of a house. One week into the project, the whole damn house falls down on me. And so my start in real estate, Vic, were absolute failures back wow. to back to back to back. And it, you know, in that moment, I thought, maybe my friends were right. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. They, they said I would fail. In. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this was a loan I had for $65,000, but now there's no house. And the lot at the time is only worth 30 grand. Yeah. And so like most people, if they went through what I went through, they probably would have quit, thrown in the towel, said, I knew this was too good to be yeah. true. But now I doubled down. And it was in that moment. I call that moment a seven-figure decision for me because I could have given up. I yeah. could have had those committee meetings in my mind and, you know, the self-doubt, like you said, about, you know, this isn't for me. Yeah. And I could have given up. But you know what? It was in that moment where I became resourceful. You know, our biggest resource is our resourcefulness. Yeah. And I realized I'm broke. I'm a balloon artist, door-to-door -door salesman. I have no money. My back's against the wall. I'm like broke, broke. And now I'm $65,000 in debt. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. I doubled down. I got resourceful. I took out a student loan that was supposed to be used for my college education. Yeah. And I was nervous. I'm 20 years old. Took out a $15,000 student loan. Like, do I use this for my college education, yeah. which is what it's supposed yeah. to be for? This is when they gave you the money to make, you know, to yeah, pay for yeah. stuff. And, or do I pay the lender the $15,000 and work out a payment plan on the balance owed? Or do I invest in my self-education, get a mentor? Because clearly I need help. Yeah. And I selected the option of getting a, a mentor. That mentor helped me get out of that situation with the house that fell down. He helped me negotiate a partial release with the lender, allowed me to sell the lot to a builder for thirty grand. So now I only owe 35000 um, and then he taught me the art of wholesaling, which is a strategy of flipping houses without actually buying or selling the houses. And in the last quarter of 2005, I made $60,000. Wow. All of 2005, Q1, Q2, Q3, lost money, dead broke. It wasn't until I got that mentor, things, so, things flipped. So explain to me, so, so it's really important, right? Because I always tell people, you, like, you got you to gotta have somebody that's, that's giving you good advice, right? Yeah, absolutely. Usually, it's got to be somebody that you've got that's been successful. Yeah. Right? You, you don't want to get, you don't want to get advice from somebody that makes less money than you. Right. But you talked to you a little bit about wholesaling. So explain to, 
explain to me like how how does wholesaling work? Because you, you don't own it. No. So no. so what do you, what do you do? Who owns it? So, um, great question. And shout out to Kenny, my mentor, who taught me this strategy. I call it paper flipping today because it's, it's essentially um, you find a motivated seller, someone that, let's say, is in bankruptcy or foreclosure, they're behind on payments, whatever, for whatever reason, there's some type of financial distress. So, you find that person and you make them an offer to buy their property. When you contract to buy their property, when that seller signs that contract, that gives you what's called equitable rights and equitable interest in that deal. So, you have three options here. You can do whatever you want with that contract now that deal you can close on it fix it up and flip it like you see on those reality tv shows you can keep it as a rental property but how much time do you have well because you eventually got to close right yeah so that that is contingent that is directly tied to how you how much you negotiate so let's say so just so, so let's let's break it down right so for people watching this i'm buying a house in two weeks where you know i didn't ask too many questions but the lady the wife needs to get out of the country very quickly don't know why but that's an emergency situation that's shady as fuck <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to ask too many questions, yeah. but yeah, I'll buy the house and we're getting the house. We're buying the house for 265,000 and the ARV, the comps on this house, the resale value is like $450,000. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of spread there. Absolutely. But, but you still have to come up with the cash. Yes. So okay. we can come up with the cash. Well, well let me back up. If I'm going to rehab that property, yes, I would have to come up with the cash. But as a wholesaler, paper flipper, you don't. So here's the, here's, let me, yeah, this is what let I, me break this, this I still down. don't get this part. Yeah. So let me yeah. break this, let me break this down for you. So. We make an offer to this seller, say, hey, we're going to buy this house for you, from you for 260. I'm going to use the actual deal I'm working yeah, on right okay. now. So we're going to buy this property from you, make a cash offer for $265,000. Yeah. But let me create a really bad scenario for myself. Like, I'm broke, don't got any money in the bank, don't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. Like, I'm broke, broke. Yeah. But I'm making a cash offer with no credit or anything to be able to actually get a loan. I'm going to make an offer to this lady to buy her house for, for 265. 265. Okay. Yep. I see the, the resale value and other properties in the area similar to this one are selling for 450. And so when I make this offer, the seller signs this contract, that gives me equitable rights and interest in that deal where I can now you put a you got to put a deposit. So yeah, you can put you. So, so what, what so we do is we'll put, let's say $10, $100 deposit. And here's a cool, here's a cool thing. People will go for that. Yeah, they do. And Jeez. you know, <laughs> they do. I'm just thinking, you know, this is like a funny thing to me. I'm, I'm not a real estate guy, right? I'm yeah. a healthcare guy. So, uh, and I, I love real estate. It's not that I don't love real estate, but I get better returns in healthcare. Okay. For me. Yeah. So, um, however, you know, in business, it's like whenever you're in a state of fear and people, and you're making a decision, man, you make some bad decisions. Yeah. Right. And, and I understand that what you're doing is you're saying, Hey, this person's in fear. Something's wrong. They just got to get out. So you're kind of helping them. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I get that. But I think it just goes to show people you don't really want to be in that position, right? Yeah. Not, not, I'm not talking about wholesaling houses. I'm talking about just in life. Like, you, you never make a decision when you're scared. Yeah. Never. Like, that's, yeah. that's the worst time. Like, you know, it's, people will do that in business, right? They'll, they'll try to get you in a position where you're in a bit like your back's against the wall and they want you to be in fear, because when you're in fear, you always make the worst possible decision you can ever make. Yeah, you definitely don't want to take advantage of people when they're in that situation. No, and I'm not either. saying you do. I'm just saying like people in general, like just just as a rule of thumb, right? Yeah. Because when you're when you're wholesaling or or even when I'm buying a healthcare company, man, if I'm buying a healthcare company and I'm getting it a great deal, right? Usually it's that person's in some doubt or some fear or or they're scared about Absolutely. something and they want to get out. Now, that's a great opportunity for sharks like us bad opportunity for other people 
But that's why I, was, I say to people, like, typically, maybe you're in a, you know, not so bad of a situation, but if you get out of that situation and don't make a decision in fear, it's always better for you. Absolutely. And, and but here's the thing. Some of these people have no option. They have, yeah, they have no, no choice, option. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they're going through bankruptcy. They're, they've already gotten to that point. Some of these people stick their hand in the sand, hoping the problem will pass them by and it just gets yeah. worse and worse. So with this, so like go back to this. I'm super curious. So then, so you, you, you like a hundred bucks. Yeah. So you put a property on the contract for a hundred bucks. And now, they agree to that? hundred Yeah. Bucks? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the more that you put down as a deposit, I, I'm sorry, I, like I'm buying a, I'm buying a Cadillac today, okay? And they're like, hey, you need it's it's a hundred thousand dollar Cadillac, and they're like you need to give a thousand dollar deposit to hold the Cadillac. And I'm just thinking it's a two hundred sixty thousand dollar house, it's like hundred. I, I should have told this guy, dude, I'm giving you a hundred. Yeah. So, and the more that you put down as a deposit, the more serious you show that you have intent. The more you show you have intent. Yeah, okay. But right? if you get away but with you a, start, if you get away five hundred bucks, five hundred bucks. Dude, whatever. check this out. But you can legally. It takes only one dollar to make a contract legally binding. Right. One dollar. Right. So uh, to show us consideration. But I recommend, especially to our students, at least a hundred to a thousand dollars. And usually we don't uh, get questioned on that. Um, you know, the only time we're or encouraged to put more is when we're dealing with a, a agent who has a property listed. They want to show more, right? But so then you what do you do? So you give you give me a hundred bucks. I sign the contract. And so under, now in I this have, scenario, yeah. So now that gives me, the, I have control now. Yeah, but what's I the control closing that asset? Date? Is there a closing date? Yeah, absolutely. So again, the time frame to close is what you negotiate with the actual seller. So what do you what do you typically negotiate? We typically put thirty to forty five days. So thirty to forty five days, you got to come thing, up with the money. Yes, and the other thing is in our contract. There's a contingency clause that we put in there, and I'll explain that in a second. There are multiple different t contingency clauses you can use. You can say, hey, this contract is contingent upon appraisal. It's contingent upon financing. It's contingent yeah, on course, inspection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So we recommend at least up to 15 days inspection period. Yeah. Now, what I also put in my contract, this is very clever the way we do it. What we also put in our contract is um, you know, that the deposit doesn't go hard until we have a successful inspection. Yeah. That's when the deposit will be sent to the title company. Also, you heard that keyword he used? Successful. <laughs> well, who determines if it's successful? There you go. So that brings right, me to my, point, my next point, right? So during that inspection period, those 15 days, what we're doing is we're marketing that deal. Notice I didn't say house because we can only market which, what we own yeah. and what we control. Yeah. And at this point, I don't own the house. Yeah. I only control that piece of paper, yeah, that contract, it. the purchase agreement. So now what are you trying to, you're trying to, you, I'm trying to sell that piece of paper. I'm trying to flip that paper. And so I'm marketing the heck out of this deal. Hey, I have this house on a contract. But what if it needs some renovation? What if you're like, hey, so let's say you get this house, right? And you're like, man, it could use a slap of paint. It could, the grass needs to be cut. Could use some nice flowers. Do you go in there and do that? Um, we, if I want to, then we can. But in this scenario, you don't I, need to. I don't need to. I'm. Let me, let me actually give you the numbers on this. We're buying it for two sixty five. The house actually does need a lot of work. It needs like seventy five thousand dollars in repairs. Right. It, it's a six bedroom house in town and country that they. It was it, on. It's listed as a two two, but they turned it into this crazy six bedroom three bath house. So it's a crazy layout. So it needs sixty. It needs seventy five thousand dollars in repairs. Yeah. And so we're looking at this thing. We haven't closed on it yet, but we're looking at it. We can buy it for two sixty five. That's what's already negotiated. It needs seventy five thousand dollars in repairs, but the ARV is four fifty. So here's a couple of options that we could do. ARV after, stands for after repaired value. It, it means what the house could sell for could be worth if it was in perfect condition, right? So now here's a couple options we have. There's so many different options to do with this deal. I can close on it and fix it up and flip it, which is what we are going to do. Or in this scenario, because we're talking about wholesale and paper flipping, we can put on the contract for the 265. 
knowing it needs $75,000 in repairs, but there's so much spread there still. So that's room for us as a paper flipper wholesaler. I could sell that contract without actually buying this house to another buyer where they take on the risk. They take out the loans. They take on the risk of renovating the house, doing all of that stuff, especially in this market right now. They can take on uh, th that risk. And I just walk away with, let's say, $20,000, $30,000. I flip that piece of paper from getting it on the contract for two sixty-five for two eighty-five, making a quick twenty grand without doing any work, without taking out a loan without using my credit. Well, I guess the work stuff. would be you got to find that opportunity. And the buyer. And then you got to hustle to find the buyer. Correct. So that's a lot of work. Ab yes. This is a simple business, yeah, yeah. but I don't want to make it seem like it's, it's, it's easy. It's complicated. It, yeah, it does take yeah. work, and nothing works unless you do. Right. Now, that strategy of just flipping the paper, there are laws changing throughout the country now where that is uh, becoming harder to do. They're making sure. It, it, so that strategy is called assigning contracts. Uh -huh. And so laws are cracking down on that loophole where in some states you can't do that anymore. And so what you have to do now is you have to actually close on that asset. You can still wholesale in those areas, but you have to close on the asset. Some states also require you to have a license, but you have to close on the asset and then flip it because no one can tell you what to do when it's your house. And that's where it's another step or another hurdle for someone that wants to do this to get involved because now they actually do need Two hundred sixty-five thousand yeah. dollars to buy that property in order to flip it for twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars more. But get this: I don't know if you know this or not. There are lenders out there that will lend someone like me. Let's using my example again. Let's say I'm broke, you know, back against what I got no money at all. Like I'm embarrassingly broke. The bank account should have shut my account yeah, down yeah. many months ago, bro, right? I'm in that situation. No money at all to my name, but I have this sexy, juicy deal on the contract. Yeah. There are lenders out there that will lend you 100% financing to buy that deal. And they won't ask for your tax returns. They won't ask for bank statements. They don't care what your credit is. They're not going to verify your income, your employment. They're, you don't even have to put money down as a down payment. You don't have to pay any money up front. They will give you 100% financing to buy that house for two sixty-five. The only catch is they do have to make some money themselves as well. Yeah. So lenders like that will charge you any, anywhere from 1% to 4% of the loan amount. And then... What's cool is you don't have to pay that money out of pocket up front. They get paid when the property sells. Uh, and that loan is only good for a 24-hour period. We call that double closing. And so what you have to do in a situation like that is using that 15-day inspection period, we're going to hustle and we're going to find a buyer for that deal before the 15 days is up. Because at day 15, my $100 deposit goes hard. And if I don't you know, cancel my contract on day 15, I lose my $100 deposit. And I could take that risk and gamble if I feel like it's a great deal and go beyond the 15 days because yeah. I have 30 days to close. But that 15 days is the most critical time in that period, that contract period. So let's say I do find a buyer on day 10. That buyer comes in, I sell them my contract, let's say for 285, right? That's $20,000 more than I had it on the contract for if I just want to sign the contract. But what if I want to sell it for more and I don't want the seller or the buyer to know how much money I'm making, so I want to sell it for $50,000. That much money... The buyer might not like that. The seller might not like that. So I need to close on this thing yeah, now. Yeah. And, and if you're in a state also where they don't allow assignment contracts, you have to close anyway. And so this is where lenders like this come in. And you have to sell that contract, that mm -hmm. deal, to their other buyer the very same day. So literally, I've done tons of deals like this where I will buy a house, close on it, and I would literally own that house, Vic, for a few minutes or hours because the buyer is already ready. He's wow. already inspected the house. He knows what he's getting into. He's already assigned his paperwork. And I've been doing this for years. Before we went virtual and, and technology has come out to allow us to do things more efficiently, I remember I'd be at my title company on Beers Avenue, and the title agent would have me come into the room with the seller, and I'll shake the seller's hand. Thank you so much for the opportunity to buy your property. We'll sign the paperwork and contract. And then unbeknownst to the seller, 
the buyer is in the other room. And also the buyer doesn't know I just bought the house yeah, a few yeah. minutes earlier. Yeah. So once the seller leaves, you know, we walk into the other room and uh, we, uh, we usher the seller out. We walk into the other room and introduce myself. Hey, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to do business with you. I'm going to be the seller selling you this property. And literally, he signs a contract, gives his cash his check to the title company. I get my money. He gets the keys and the deed to the property. The seller already got paid, but I literally just own the house for a few minutes yeah, or hours. Wow. Right? So that's a way to get involved in real estate. And people don't know that resources like this are out there because they think you need a whole lot of money. You need credit. But there are literally lenders out there. We're one of them, too, by the way, that will lend you 100% financing. And we don't care about your financial situation at all because we just care about the asset we're, we're asset-based lenders yeah as long as you have a good deal and you also have a have to have a buy in place already as well then we'll fund that deal now to protect that lender because you're probably you know your business person you're probably thinking about this why would a lender do that you know there's a lot of risk no, it makes sense i mean well you're 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 leveraging it against the asset i'm sure they're probably checking to see what if there's any equity left in the, in the property right they probably have a uh uh a, a formula based off of hey the property's going to have x amount of equity for us to take the risk some lenders do do that, but the main reason why these types of lenders will lend this money um, is because you have a buyer in place already. Mm -hmm. And so what will happen is on the day of closing, we will tell the title company, hey, we're going to wire this 265 to lend Dalmar some money to buy this house. Yeah. Um, but do not release the 265 to the seller until his buyer has also wired their money to closing. And so whatever the buyer needs to wire to close in, once the title company confirms that their money has hit the, yeah. their escrow account, then and only then does the title company have permission yeah. to release their money. And so if the, if the buyer never wires the money and the deal falls apart, no issues. The title company wires the money back to my lender and I have no cancellation fee or anything. And the deal's dead. Um, now, the way I structure my deals, if for some reason the buyer cannot close on the day of closing, I still make money. Wow. So, so this whole, so that this, that's where the whole idea comes about, right? About what you hear on TV that you can get into real estate with no money, no credit, no nothing. Essentially what they're talking about is this, because you do need credit to buy a house. You do. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's kind of just like, it, it probably needs to be clarified to people, right? Like, cause, cause people will be like, well, I'm going to get into real estate and I'm going to be, you know, a real estate mogul like Donald Trump. And it's just like, well, dude, you know. You, you, you need you need cash and credit to do that. Absolutely. There are right? many different ways to get involved in real estate. This is like what I call the entry level way. Yeah, right? it's a way for anybody, regardless of background, regardless of financial situation, you can get in, get your foot in the door, make some money, build up your liquidity doing this. But it's also active income and it's not a way for you to become wealthy. And so you want to use this as a stepping stone uh, to jump into other strategies like buying properties new, uh, to hold them for cash flow, mm -hmm. uh, new construction, apartment buildings, and so forth. So this is an entry level to more advanced strategies. I'd love to know from you uh, how you got started. What's your story? What's your, uh, what's your journey like? Um, you know, my, my journey was, look, I've always been a healthcare guy. I've loved healthcare. So I've always been a healthcare entrepreneur. Um, and I love, I love the business of healthcare. I love what it represents. Um, I love the ability to scale healthcare companies. So, you know, literally I started Blackstone in my kitchen, you know, 10 years ago and, um, had no money. Um, I was recently divorced, had two, two, two kids. And, um, but I, but I wanted to, I wanted to chase my dream, right? I, I, I didn't want to like kind of give up to the middle-class idea of just getting a job and, and getting a 401k and going to work nine to five. And, 
and essentially living a normal life, man. I, n- I never wanted to have a normal life since the time I was, I could remember when I was like six or seven years old. Like I just, I just knew like, I don't want anything normal. I wanted everything to be over the top, best of the best. And I didn't want anything normal. So I struggled with that in my life because I was always around people that, that wanted to be normal, wanted me to be normal, right? Because everybody wants to get you to, con- to, to, to configure and mold to what they feel is comfortable, right? So, so in, my, in my life, I was like, hey, well, I don't want that. And so I, I struggled with that a lot in my career, being able to get around people that, that, you know, that I could um, essentially be who I was, right? And I, I think for, you know, for me, when I was starting out, I wasn't around any of those people, right? And I'll kind of circle back to that later. I, I, and I'll tell you about my trip. I was in the Bahamas last week. I'll I actually saw it. that. Yeah, you saw it on You wouldn't jump in the water with the sharks. F- that, man. <laughs> I've actually done that. Yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. fed them, Well, too. I found out later they were Nerf sharks, so they were like, <laughs> yeah, harmless. But, um, you know, look, I, I started, you know, from my kitchen, and I, uh, you know, I, we, we were the largest provider today in home sleep testing in the country, if not the world. That's amazing. Right. So I, I literally started knocking on doors calling on doctors, you know, asking them to refer us patient, refer me patients and that I would provide the testing in, in the home instead of in the hospital. And I literally, I got a contract from an insurance company um, that gave me like a three county deal and was like, okay, we'll give you three counties to, to, to provide services. And I was, I was up man, hustling every day and got up and I was a marketing rep and I, I moved out of my, my kitchen and I got a, 400 square foot office. It's probably the size of this desk. And um, I had one employee and I just, I raised some money from, you know, kind of friends and I didn't have any family. And both my parents passed away when I was in my early twenties. So I was kind of left to my, my, myself. Right. Um, I didn't really have any mentors. Um, and so I was just trying to figure it out man. I was just trying to figure it out. And um, at that point, you know, I was kind of every day out on the road, I mean, I remember one time I was just, I was trying to actually expand to Orlando and Orlando's about an hour from here. If you guys want yeah. to Tampa, right. But yeah. And I was out on the road for, you know, every day I didn't have money to stay in a hotel. So I would drive to Orlando in the morning, work all day and then drive back. And I did that for like three years. Man. Right. And, and for you got for you Florida people that drive from Orlando to Tampa, when you drive back from Orlando, it's brutal. It's brutal. Right. Cause that's <laughs> sun that sun is beating in your windshield at, yeah. at five, six o'clock. And I did that for three years, man. I, I drove every single morning. I didn't have money to sit in a hotel. So when I got close, and I was just trying to build the market. So I literally went city by city um, and, and knocking on doors, man. And so to do that, you have to have a strong why to be able to be that consistent, that driven, that mm-hmm. determined to put in that amount of work ethic. Mm-hmm. What was your why? What drove you back then? I, I had a lot of whys. <laughs> I had a lot of whys. Um, you know, I, I, I did I did not want to be normal. I, I did not want to be. There was something that I just disagreed with, man, since I was a little guy. Like, I, I would see people, um, you know, walking around on, you know, when I w- w- went somewhere like vacation. And I was like, you know, I don't I don't want to be like everybody else. Yeah. I just didn't want to be. It was something I couldn't. Fi- I didn't figure it out until recently. Um, but I didn't want to be like everybody. And, and so that was one why. Another why was I wanted to get back. So I knew I couldn't get back if I wasn't successful. 
Um, so I'm like, okay, I gotta be, I gotta be a billionaire. Okay, how, how do I, how do I become a billionaire? Well, I gotta work my ass off and I gotta take a lot of risk and I gotta scale. Right. And I, I wasn't so, so then, okay, so I want to be a billionaire. I want to take care of my family. I want to take care of my friends. I want to leave a legacy. Right. I don't want to be a one and done. I don't want to be a guy that just makes it and there's no legacy. Yeah. Right. So, so for me, that was kind of all my whys kind of wrapped up into a ball and, 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 and so every day when I got up, man, I was, I was on fire, dude. Like, you know, I work harder today than I did five years ago, but even five years ago, I was working a lot. You know, like yesterday I worked from, you know, 7.30 to I think 10.30 at night. Wow. Yeah. And so that brings me to my next question. How do you balance growing this empire um, and balancing family? You don't. That's the myth. That's something I'm. It's the myth, dude. No, that's the myth. Look, here's here's the the best thing I ever did is is this, and this is my advice to to everybody that's listening. If you look, if you want to become very successful in life, you are never going to become successful in life having a balanced life. It does not exist. Okay, Michael Jordan did not become Michael Jordan because he lived a balanced life. Kobe Bryant did not become Kobe Bryant because he lived a balanced life. Yeah. Okay. When everybody was at the family dinners and was at the at the club and at this thing and this thing, where was he? He was training, he was grinding, right? And so the best thing I did was I designed my entire life around me wanting to be a billionaire. And it's not just me being a billionaire, it's my goal, okay? So the way I see it is, look, I got a goal. You got a goal. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna try to suppress your goal. Whatever your goal is, that's your goal. Either I'm gonna be on board with you about your goal or I'm not. Okay, but I can promise you I'm not changing my goal to make you or somebody else feel comfortable or because it fits in your universe. So then you have the task or I had the task of saying, okay, I only want people in my space that are on board with this goal and, and, and are willing to see what the benefits and the cons that go associated with that. So, this, right? so the people in your life that were there before you started this journey – did they have to adapt? Did they all agree? Did some have to be let go and cut? They had to either agree or get the f out. Mm. Like, you either agree or get the f out. Like, there, there was no, like, I'm old school. Dude. They don't make them <laughs> like me anymore. I can promise you. I'm old school. I was like, look, either, either, either you, you get with the program or you're out. Right? That's why I got divorced. That's why I moved on. Because she didn't want to get with the program. Right? And, and, and so when, when you don't want to get with the program, what I'm trying to do, you're out. You're yeah. out. So you, you, you can't balance, right? So everybody that from that point on where I was like, okay, I'm committed to this. Why? Because I want to give back to my family. I want to give back to my friends. I want to give back to my church. I want to give back to my community, right? Mm -hmm. I want to give back to society, okay? You can't give back to society if you're making 100 grand a year. Absolutely you not. You can't, make, you can't give back to society if you're making a million a year, okay? So you got to really expand, so what, what, what I did and what I advise people to do is, look, you got to design your life around you. So I, I had to get, you know, I've been married now for, I think, three years. Three years? No, it's not three years. <laughs> but my wife, you know, she's amazing because I, I told her day one. I'm like, look, this is what I'm about. This was like one weekend. I want to be a billionaire. I love to work. You can never tell me not to work. You can never tell me I work too much. You can never tell me you're working so much you need to come home. Like, you either got to be on board with it or not. And not from a, like, you got to reluctantly agree, but
But if you if you if you're the type of girl that wants me to be home at five o'clock, and, and and all that shit, I'm not your guy. We can be friends, sing kumbaya, and 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 peace and love. But I'm the guy that wants to go out and battle for twelve hours and then come home and then spend time with my wife and my kids. Because okay. it's a passion. Because it's my this. passion, dude. Yeah. So if you're trying to kill my passion, you're trying to kill me. Yeah. So you know, I've designed my entire life. My entire universe is revolving around my goal. And and look, nobody in my universe is complaining. Okay. We were in the Bahamas for five days on a yacht with a private chef going to island to island with all the jet skis and slides and toys and everything you could possibly imagine. You know, it was like a 180-foot yacht, right? Like, like... There are there are benefits to 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 sacrifice. Yeah. Right. So so I may go like you know last night like I literally came back on Friday from five days and I was with my wife and I was with my family and my friends were celebrating a birthday with my friend real dear friend of mine and and everybody on there is super successful. One guy's a billionaire, right? Like just crazy shit, crazy shit. Okay. And, and so I'm talking, I'm talking, here I am on this, on this boat, talking to this billionaire, talking to my other friends, a multi, multi-millionaire, very successful guy. Everybody in there was very successful. Um, got two millionaires and a billionaire. Not bad company to have, right? Yeah. And I did a video when I was in, in the Bahamas, and I was like, look, the only reason I'm here on this boat is because I was unreasonable about my dreams. There you go. That was the only reason. It wasn't because I'm the, the most highly educated. Look, I got a GED. I got a high school diploma, dude. I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere. <laughs> and, and, but the only reason that I was in, on that boat was because I'm an unreasonable person as it relates to me wanting to have what I want in life. And I think if you want to be successful, you have to either you have to agree to that ideology or you end up frustrated because there's no balance, right? So I, I came home just you know, to wrap that thing. I come home Friday. Right, I fly back in the jet Friday afternoon. At I think I got here at one o'clock. I was at the office at what three? Wow, F-ing go time! Wow, I spent my five days. When I was there, I was present and I was with my family. I was with my wife. We had an amazing time. But we came back. It's fucking go time, dude. I was at, at the office three o'clock Friday. I was at the office Saturday, and then Sunday I was working from home. And then Monday, what day is it today? Tuesday? I don't know. Yeah, it's Tuesday. I I left the house at 7.30. I was working until 10.45. I was emailing you motherfuckers last night. 11 o'clock at night, right? Okay. So I I go hard, dude, but that's what you you have to do. Because you're driven. You're passionate about what you're doing, right? I... I think about other entrepreneurs just like you, big entrepreneurs. You, th- you, you hear stories of uh, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. right, sleeping on his factory yeah. floor because he's passionate about what he yeah. does. And, and I think about the sacrifices and uh, the, the tough decisions, the tough conversations people like him, people like you have to make to be able to live at this level. And you definitely have to have a certain type of support system around you um, to be able to do that, yeah. right, and and be on board with it. Mm-hmm. But I also think, you know, because this is a struggle that I think a lot of entrepreneurs have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not maybe not everyone wants to go to that level. Yeah. And and so what I tell people, and, and this was also taught to me by my mentors, like, listen, figure out what you want in life. What does the perfect life look like for you? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, what would it cost you to live in a what you perceive to be an amazing life? Yeah, it could be going on a vacation every quarter. Yeah, what do you want to have? Maybe every month. Yeah, what do you want to have? Yeah, you want to want to have the nice house, nice car. Yeah, because the reality that you live right now is directly tied to the decisions that you've made your entire life. Yeah. And so think about what you want. What do you what do you perceive your life to be like? What time are you going to be? Write it down, document it, yeah. be very detailed with it. What time do you want to be home? What time do you want to be putting your kids to bed? Yeah. What does that life look like? And then put a cost to everything. What is it going to cost you to? you know, travel every month if, if that's what you desire. I'm not talking about in coach, like first class all the way, awesome exotic places. What would it cost? And then figure out what the total cost would look like to live a perfect life, what you perceive to be your perfect life in a 12-month year, and then back into that. Yeah, of course. And build a business yeah, around yeah, that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, uh, most people, I think a majority of people don't want all of this this empire that you might have. So it's, it's, just, it's a different type of person uh, to build something like that. you got to make some really tough sacrifices and decisions. But if you don't want that, you can do this and, and build your business around mm -hmm. that. And then then you it may not cost you as much as you think it might cost. It may not, but here's the thing. Here's what I tell people. you you got to scale because you don't want to be the small guy. That, that's, that's, that's something that... Why is that? There's no security in being the small guy. Every small guy that's in the same business I'm in is either bankrupt or I'm buying them. Mm. Because there's no security in being the small guy. I used to think like that. Okay. I'll be honest with you. I love this conversation. Yeah, I used to think just what you just said that, hey, okay, so let's say I want to have a beautiful house in Tampa. I want to have two cars, three cars. I want to go home, be going home at 5.30, 6 o'clock. I want to have, you know, no credit card debt. You know, I want to, you know, I want to do good. Okay, maybe, you know, take a trip every now and then and get on, you know, first class or jet blue or whatever, blah, 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 dude, that at that point, you're just a gazelle looking to be hunted. Mm. And I didn't realize that at that point, I didn't, I thought that that's what security was. Mm. Okay? So, and, it, and, it, and it, it's not security. And that's, that's the, that's the, that's the lie about it in today's environment. As, as cutthroat as it is, right, as ruthless as it is, the small minnow, just they get eaten up. They get eaten up by what? They get eaten up by competition, bigger competition. They get eaten up by the economy because you're not big enough to withstand the economic changes. And that's why there's no security in being just kind of let me just get what I need to get by. Now, you got to go, let's just say that, you know, you, you want to live a million-dollar-a-year lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Then you better go produce 10 if you want security. If you have a million-dollar lifestyle and you're, you're producing a million and a half, two million, even three million, you're, you're, you're a gazelle. Especially, Honestly. and in this economy, that even that's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah, but you're a gazelle. I'm just saying, like that's that's the thought process. So you want you're challenging people to think bigger, right? Think yeah, be, for your own security. Yeah. Dude, there's no security in being in being small. There's zero security, zero, zero security. <laughs> in it. I'm telling you, the only security is you're the biggest player in your space, whether it's your city or state. I'm not saying you got to be the biggest player in the country like 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 I am, but if you're not the biggest player in a wide radius, yeah. You you just you you can't withstand 
the the blows that that are coming. And so they're coming. What are the things that you would suggest to someone? If because this is a great conversation, but I feel like a lot of people probably think like what I just talked about, yeah. right? Building a life that suits them, and they reverse engineer building a business around that perfect life, and. You're saying you don't believe in that anymore. You used to, but you don't. You got to be the biggest player. Um, if someone is, let's say, doing fairly well in business, making decent money. What's fairly well? Well, let's use the numbers you use. Let's okay. say two, three million dollars a year. Okay. Fairly well. But in this economy, that's. No, that's really well. Yeah. If you're making two, three million dollars, you're, you're living really well. That's also you know, dependent on the lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, but it, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say to someone? What are the steps for someone would need to take to start adapting this mindset that you had like what was it that shifted your mindset because you have to wake up every day you have to think about the end result in mind and who you want to become and you have to already have that picture in your mind and you have to wake up every single day executing doing the things that a person at the level you want to get to will do yeah. and at some point you made that shift like this is a gazelle lifestyle i'm going to get eaten by all the lions and competition around me if i don't you know you know scale what would you say to someone that what would you say someone needs to do and what was it that made that shift for you to like take massive action and start making these changes in your life well i mean i think i decided 10 years ago that i wanted to i wanted to go big right when when i started blackstone i i, I started blackstone with the idea that i want to be the largest in the country okay now to answer your question though the first question is 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 what what most people do the mistake most people make is if i were to ask you a question do you work in your business or on, on your, your business? business? Yeah, that's a great question. Which one? For me, so with our real with I have multiple business. With my education business, I work on the business. Okay. Right? And you're, the, you're, but the majority of the money you make is in real estate. Correct. Okay. Correct. Are you working in it or on it? So right now, honestly, we're rebuilding. So I'm working in it now yeah. because it's back to infancy stage. I actually gave up real estate for a little bit. Right. I'm getting back into it now. And so we're rebuilding the team. And so yeah, in the beginning we're we're working in it. But as we're growing and scaling it. The intent is to eventually remove myself and have acquisitions people, salespeople, dispositions right. running everything where I don't have to anymore. Right. So that's that's the key. Yeah. Right. So if you're working today in the business, the best thing that you can do is figure out how quickly you can get out of being in the business. Right. Because if if the business only produces when you go there. You don't have a company. You have a business. I would agree with that. And there's a lot of people that have very successful businesses. But the minute they want to go away, the minute they want to go stops. do something else, business stops, yeah. dude. Company doesn't. Yep. Right? I was on a boat for five days last week, and we had the highest ever record in our company. That's amazing. I, I wasn't even here. I remember days when, you know, when our company was at the peak, our real estate business, every time I would go out of the country, we'd go to Tulum, right? Yeah. We'd travel. We'd go to Costa Rica. Same thing. We had you know, record sales, yeah. big months, yeah. and, and I wasn't there. And I remember my investors were like, Dalmore, you need to leave more. You need to yeah, get yeah, out of yeah. here more. Because I built the systems to operate without me. As we're rebuilding now uh, for specific reasons, we're, we're, we're building the business in a different way, so I'm more involved now. But the intent is to eventually build this very quickly from the beginning with SOPs and systems and processes in place where I am removed. Yeah, and most people are not thinking that way, and that's the problem, is yeah. they're thinking about, okay, I want to be, I want to live a nice life. Yeah. So they're like in the business and they're doing their thing in the business. And then, and then, and then that's it. They're not thinking with, okay, how do I work on the business? How do I get out of being the guy? Right? Because when you're, when you're the guy, 
the value of your business is a lot less than if you're working on the business. I think a lot of people that think like that too, you know, often think about cost, right? They want to save. That, uh, it, but that's that small mentality, correct. right? Middle class. So there were many Absolutely. years where my receptionist made more money than me. Yeah. Many years, 2013, 14, 15, 16. My recep- there were people in my company that made way more money than me. Why? Because I was willing to allow the, the, the transfer of, of power, right? I was saying, hey, I can't be the guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to now hire. I overhired. And just said, okay, I need this guy, I need this girl, I need this person, I need this person. Okay, I'm going to make less. I mean, in 2016, dude, I was making 800 bucks a week. That was six years ago. I was just going to say, that was like the other day. Yeah, it was like six years ago. I was making 800 bucks a week, okay? Driving a 5 Series BMW, making 800 bucks a week. I was happy. And so okay? back six years ago, was that when you made the decision to go bigger? or No, I made the that? decision to go bigger in 2012. And so... This it, run that you've had in this last six years, what was the direct result that caused? Because you're now the biggest in the country. Well, it was it's a it's a it's a compound effect, right? So 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16. I'm I'm laying the tracks, mm-hmm. laying the tracks, laying the tracks every single day, right? Everybody else was sleeping. Everybody else was on vacation. You're working. Everybody else was popping bottles and <laughs> celebrating their success. And I was laying the tracks. And all of a sudden, everybody looked up. And I was like, damn, where does my come from? So you sacrificed all the fun. Dude, I didn't go anywhere. I didn't travel. I had friends that had successful businesses that were doing really well, Mm -hmm. right? Way better than me. I was making 800 bucks a week, dude. Okay, so I was Chipotle and fucking, you know, hash browns and McDonald's. Uh, That was my life for, for five years. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. Couldn't buy anything. You know, had a gym membership. Um, at one point, I sold blood. You know, sold my PlayStation. You know, whatever. I had to do whatever I had to do, man. Yeah. I had no furniture. I didn't buy furniture until 2016. You know, so, so, but, but, but I did that. People are like, why did you do that? And I'm like, I was invested. Yeah. I knew eventually the, the, the physical universe would catch up to my mental or internal reality some point at some point it was going to happen yeah and it just took time and i was patient i was patient but impatient i was patient but impatient every single day and i was just laying the groundwork laying the groundwork laying the groundwork see this is what you know unfortunately in america most people want to snap their finger and have success they mm-hmm. think it's going to fall from the sky and mm-hmm. nothing works without hard work hard work is the universal language understand by every culture every country you got to put in the work and if you want to attain success and actualize that possibility for yourself your yeah. goals you got to put in the work like this yeah and, you know, it takes me back to, I remember when my two-year-old daughter didn't have, I couldn't buy her formula, mm-hmm. couldn't put you know, food on the table for my family, couldn't buy diapers. I had to put in this type of work ethic, mm-hmm. you know, traveling from, at the time I lived in Fort Myers, I had to travel to Port Ritchie two and a half hours away, two, three times a week. When the last recession, because I've been doing real estate for 18 years now, when the last recession hit, I lost everything. You know, filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy. You know, what's interesting about that is I had just got married. Mm-hmm. Coming back from a honeymoon. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. my wife and I, and you know, going to see a bankruptcy attorney. But if you were, if you were twenty times bigger than you were, you wouldn't have had to file bankruptcy. Yeah, so I, I am doing things a see lot differently today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love this conversation because things are so different today, and I'm doing things differently today because of those lessons I learned. Yeah. And I'm actually, I was so pissed at life and everything because that happened to me. But 
looking back, I'm grateful for that experience. I'm glad it happened. Yeah. I'm glad it happened early in my 20s yeah. because I was able to take a lot of lessons from that and be more aggressive, be more intentional, and do the things that we're doing today. You know, growing one of the fastest companies in the education space. We had some hits recently because of COVID, uh, but we've been able to do some things because of lessons I've learned from my past. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm taken away from this conversation here. It's like, you know what? I think in some aspects, in some ways, just being real with you is, holy crap, I think I need to go be that lion. I think I am playing too small. I think I need to think bigger than I have been. I need to go reassess my goals and think even bigger. Yeah. No, dude, it's, it's and, but that's, that's why you got to be careful about who you're hanging around. Right. Because the, the reality is, is that depending on who you hang around, you know, it's insidious. Yeah, right? absolutely. So it's little comments here and there. Like I have nobody and people like I tell people, all the time, I have nobody on my phone. Nobody that that is negative, that is texting me bullshit. I have no f-ing drama. I have nothing. Like when I was talking earlier about designing my life to, for yeah. success, my wife doesn't text me and call me all day long. Or, or people call like, hey, where are we? Like, she knows I'm f-ing working. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't have friends calling me up like, hey, man, where you been? Like, hey, I haven't heard from you. Mother I'm working. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, you got those friends, right? Yep. Like, hey, where you been? Yeah. I've been working, mother <laughs> Where you been? Because you got f-ing time. I ain't got f-ing time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I've, I've designed my life to be like, okay, everybody that I'm talking to is also very successful. So if I don't talk to them every single day, or maybe I talk to them once every three weeks, there's none of this, Hey man, where you been? You know, what you, what you, what are you, what are you doing? Like, there's none of that. Cause I didn't want none of that. Right. So, so you got to design your life in such a way where there's zero distractions, man. It's just crucial because you spend so much time, right? You may be like, I see a lot of these guys, you know, they're like, they're single, good looking guys making money, whatever. And they're dealing with chick drama. Yeah. You know, on the phone to, for an hour and they, you know, yell, arguing about some bullshit. And they, they're like, oh, I'm a boss. You ain't no boss, dude. You got a girl jacking your shit up for two hours a day. Yeah. You know, last time I had that shit, I was like, X that shit. <laughs> gone, right? Because you're not going to get anywhere. And, yeah. and the thing that I've noticed about very successful, very, very, very uber successful people, they have none of that shit going on. They're very focused, hyper-focused. None of that shit going on, dude. Yeah. There's none of that shit going on. Like, it just doesn't happen. How do you protect your mindset? Is that how you do it? Because, you know, again, the people you surround yourself with, you said there's no negativity in your phone. You know, you have to guard, you know, these conversations in your mind. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of that has to do with people around you. Yeah, I keep my circle small. That's how you do it. I keep it small. And if you're not, if look, it's, just re- it's real simple. Like, going back to what we earlier talked about, right? If you're not for me and for my goals, which you're entitled to, then fuck you. You're not in my life. Like, it's okay. You know, there's eight, there's seven and, what is there, seven and a half billion people on the planet? i find another friend, dude. I can promise you that, okay? I can find another friend. So you got to be ruthless in that, hey, dude, if you're not for me, and you know who I'm talking about, dude. You know you, know you got these friends that 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 they talk about how they're for you, but your fucking spidey sense kicks in, and you're like, mother, you ain't for me, yeah, dude. You're talking behind your back. You, you either talking back. behind my yep. back, or you just waiting to see if I fucking fail. Everybody right? probably knows top five people right exactly. now. Exactly. All you all of. you people listening, y'all, you know who you guys got a list. Maybe you got fifty people. Yeah. I don't know, 
But but my point is that I've taken that list and I have burned it. I don't talk to none of those motherfuckers. And it's not like I blocked a bunch of people, but I got like I got now 65 text messages. I ain't think nobody getting a response. Because I'm just I'm not engaging in that. Yeah. Right? You're not a friend. Yeah. Right? I want people that are for me, that I'm for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've got a small group of people where I'm like, dude, I'm for you. Whatever the fuck you need, I'm showing up with a fucking tank. Okay. <laughs> but, but, it, but, and then they would do the same for me. Yeah. Right. But if you're one of those cats that are just like on the fence, hey, I just want to see, I just want to be around you because, you know, you're popular now and people like you and all that type of shit, fuck you. Yeah. Not interested in that. That's, and that's the discipline because it's easy to get caught up in that bullshit. It's really easy. Oh, you get soft and you're like, oh, well, you know, he's a nice guy and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck that. Yeah, you're because you're also sometimes some people may be worried about what people think about them. What are they going to say? You, know, you, you want to be the nice yeah, person. Yeah, but you know, you know who's for you and you know who's for your relate. Like, so my wife and I have an agreement that if, 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 if a, a girl or a guy is not for us or for our relationship, we do not talk to them. Baby, you heard that? We do not talk to them. So if my wife has a friend and she's gotten rid of a few that are like, hey, you know, Vic, and I don't, I don't know about Vic, and she's like, you, peace, and she don't talk to him anymore. She does not talk to him. And if I have a guy friend that is like, oh, Hoolies, you know, I don't know, are you sure you with the right? Gone, dude. Gone. Like, I'm a grown-ass man. I know how to make my own decisions, right? Yeah. So I picked the, I picked the right girl, and my stats since I picked her have gone like this. Like, all my exes watching me like, what the fuck happened to this motherfucker? <laughs> What the f cap like now you just a fing old side chick. <laughs> you, you, you like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they're like, what the fuck happened to like what? So it's true. It's the truth, man. Yeah. So my point is, is I lost my train of thought. That was really funny. <laughs> that was really funny. I, I had to get into that moment, man. I was in the moment on that one. But 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 my point what was I talking about? For you or against you. Either for you or against you. No, before that, back up. That wasn't what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> What was I saying? That was interesting. Was I got great, so though. interested in it. It was great. But but my, my point was, I'll try to remember here in a second, but my, my point was is, oh, my wife. So I was talking about my wife, and um, if, if, if somebody is not for us, we don't hang around them. Interesting. That's powerful, dude. Yeah. That means that I got nobody. She's got no friend. You know, because you get those friends like, well, I, 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 I can be nice to both of you. You know, like yeah. that friend, that's the worst friend Gone. you want. Yeah. There's literally people I could think of right now. Keisha probably knows who I'm talking about. A short list of people that are like that. Mm -hmm. And um, we've had to make decisions, cut them out. Yeah. There's also new people that have come up, you know, that we didn't expect before that. You know what? I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting rid of them. <laughs> I don't, I don't stay on the doubt line. Like, yeah. that's the other thing, too. There's no, like, you, you got to be... It's black or white. You got to be black or white. Hey, you may make the wrong decision, and that's okay. As long as I get it 90% right, I'm still winning, mm. right? So you may get it wrong sometimes, but who cares? But if you're on the fence about somebody, like, hey, I don't really know, and all of a sudden now you and your spouse are arguing, and, and you're not feeling good, and the energy's a little f***ed up, that's how, that's how you know. How do you deal with uh, any... Self-doubt. You know, you have a big conference coming up. I saw uh, you promoting that. It's going to be the rivaling. The largest elite conference there for entrepreneurs go. in the world. <laughs> so that's a huge event and a huge undertaking. 
requires a lot of money. And the only other event I could think of to that level is like Grant Cardone's yeah. type of events, right? Yep. You know, so I'm thinking like, you know, you're doing some big things now, right? Um, that requires a lot of confidence. Is there any time, any project, anything, any goal that you're ever pursuing where you have any type of self-doubt? I don't know if it's self-doubt. I think sometimes you can get a little nervous because sometimes I do I do kind of like take a breather and I'm like, <laughs> happening? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, what's going, like, what, yeah. who's coming? You know, sometimes and I can't release the names yet. I'll tell you off camera. But, uh, but, but I was like, man, they, they confirm. Yeah. Like, this is, this is like, who? Yeah. Like he confirmed? Like, really? <laughs> Big tipness? You know? <laughs> And, and so, so sometimes I do get a little nervous about it. I'm like, damn, you know, because nervous from the sense that it's not a self doubt, but I want to deliver, man. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't want to be the cat. And you see him on social media where they're just putting out information to to be popular. You know, they want to talk about the most trending topic. So now all of a sudden they got pictures with, you know, this person, that person, and they're they're talking about what's trending. Yeah. I want to talk about what's real, and I want to give people real advice yeah you know what i mean like real advice uh real wisdom uh from real experience from somebody that that is that hasn't lived a perfect life you know what i mean like i've been sued i've been beat up i've been shot at like you name it right so 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 for me that's what i get nervous about so when people come to this event dude i'm giving i'm giving you everything like 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 it's going to be three days Friday, Saturday, Sunday, June six, June sixteenth through the eighteenth, in Tampa. It's gonna be at the the JW Marriott. And first of all, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a spectacle. Like the, it's gonna be probably the best entertainment show you've ever seen in your life. Number one, wow. number two, you're gonna have some of the biggest a listers in the world. Some of them are f-ing legends. They're gonna be there. Okay, number two, number three, I'm promising to give you all of me. Like yeah. every, I'm gonna leave every ounce of what I got there. That, that weekend, I'm going to give you all the knowledge I've got, plus the speakers. Yeah, You got all these speakers that are going to be dropping bombs, right? Giving knowledge to people. And, and it's really going to be, you know, takeaways that you can walk away with that are going to take your business from 2 million to 10 million, or maybe dump that, you know, loser ass boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever the f- got going on that's holding you back or whatever's going on in your life, you know, taking your business from 50 million to 200 million, or you want to raise a hundred million or whatever you want to do. You're going to have so many different people that are going to be at this event. They're going to be able to teach you those things fundamentally. Yeah. As opposed to like just this glossy kind of glazed donut idea, Service right? Stuff, yeah, yeah. Which is all you see on social media yeah. these days, right? Like yeah. You click on the clickbait, the video, hey, I'm going to show you how to make a hundred million. And you get on there and the dude's talking about socks and this is <laughs> yeah. like dude why, why are yeah. you wasting people's time and this is what people are searching for you know this is one of the reasons why we call our company real all of our brands all of our companies call real uh, because people we as human beings we're looking we're searching we're in pursuit of real yeah and we want whether it's real relationships real love real wealth real health um real happiness we're in pursuit of real and you know the reason i asked you the question about if you ever feel like you know have any self-doubt with these big goals that you have is because I myself sometimes, even though I've had lots of success, I've done, I've had many experiences over the years, I still sometimes suffer with that self-doubt. Right now, I'm filming a reality TV show for a major network, right? Big deal. It's a big deal. And then I'm questioning myself, well, why me? This is a rare opportunity. This is a rare opportunity that few people get. Why me? Am I worthy 
of this because even though I have all of this success, what's real is also within that is all of these failures, all of these mistakes, all of yeah. these lessons, right? I'm not perfect. I'm messy just like the next person. Yeah. But what I realize is, you know, I want to be as real, authentic, and transparent as possible in the best way possible. I may not be the best person for this, but I want to show people, be the crash test dummy, if you will, the, 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 the guinea pig to show people, here, here's how I messed up. Here's the lessons I got from this. And here's how I'm fixing this. And take a snapshot, take a look at how I'm going to do it so you can copy it, borrow it, implement it in your own life, in your own business. And so I, I love that what you're saying because you're using real advisors, real mentors, real coaches that have high levels of success, and you're going to put them on that platform, your platform, to teach real what's mm -hmm. working today. Yeah. Something that anybody can borrow. And so you don't get a lot of that, like you said today. And it's just, it's just surface People level stuff. People are soft, bro. Yeah. But today's society is soft. I love that. Bunch of puffs, man. It's true. <laughs> Society's soft, man. They're just soft. They just, like, get hurt. Like, oh, you... You pinched me, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like there's no there's no warriors these days, man. There's a lot of conversation about that right now. We've been seeing some uh, podcasts and um, videos about that, you know, the real men. Mm -hmm. Or the real men today. Mm -hmm. Or the real men from the past. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of... I mean, it's definitely, look, it's definitely a dying breed. That's for yeah. sure. That's for sure. I don't I don't agree with a lot of the, the messaging that a lot of these people are talking about with this new masculinity thing, you know, with having multiple wives and all the type of thing. I think that's a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, but I do agree with the fact that, you know, there, there is a, uh, a part of society there. It's kind of like now to be confident mm. is like a bad thing. Right. Like I, you know, it's like, Ooh, you're confident. Like, Ooh, like I, I'm not going to reduce, I'm not going to not be confident to make you feel comfortable. I right. Agree. But that's, but that's society now. Right. Yeah. That's, that's where it's going. It's like, well, you got to tone it down too much. Or you get canceled also if you have a public platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You got to be careful about what you say, how you say, how Absolutely. you articulate it. You get mm -hmm. canceled or you get shut down. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that is unfortunate. And I find myself with the platform I'm on. And it's like, you know, there's probably some things I can't say, can't yeah. talk about. But so I, I think for me, it's always better just to just get your message out, right? Because why risk getting canceled? It's better just to say, hey, here's my message. Like I, I'm not trying to change the political climate. Okay, what, I, what I'm trying to do is change the hearts and minds of people to become a better version and live their maximum life. Yeah. Right? That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to change what's going on between the Democrats and Republicans. You can't. Can't anyway. Yeah. But what you can change is the people. And you yeah. can get the people to change and get them to live their max life, right? So, you know, we, when, I was on, uh, when I was on my boat, uh, on the boat, my friend Vic was talking about, his, his name is Vic too. Um, he's the older, better looking version <laughs> of me. Um, and, and he was talking about, um, living your max life and yeah. about how, you know, living your best life, people like want to, like what you said. Okay. So kind of going back, you're like, Hey, so you're living your best life. You have your house that you want and you have, you know, the, the cars that you want and this and that, but that's living your best life. But what's your max life? Mm. I think that's a great way to look at the conversation. Max life earlier. would be, Hey, you're making, you know, a million a year to live your best life. Yeah. Max life would be 10. There you go. Or 20. I think that's a great way to articulate what we talked about earlier. Uh -huh. Yep. Yeah. And so is he one of those people living his max life? Is he pursuing that right now? He, or is he, he absolutely is. Yeah. And, and everybody on that boat, well, who's cool, is, is, is living and pursuing their max life. And nobody's stopping. You know? and, and that's what you want to associate yourself with. You know, I came here to share my story with you. And uh, thanks for the invitation, by the way. But I'm leaving with a 
lot more than I came for. And I appreciate this conversation because, you know, I'm very passionate right now in my life, this stage in my life. You know, I live my life on three things. You know, everything I do is for God, for my family, and for impact. And I want to impact the world in a very positive way. I want to use the platform and the opportunities I've been given to uh, change people's lives. You know, I have students from Singapore, Ukraine, Ecuador, you name it. And I want to be able to reach the masses. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. But I'm also realizing from this conversation, you know, some of these committee meetings and conversations I have in my head have held me back. Mm -hmm. And I know I am not living my max life. I've done very well over the years, but I've also become very comfortable, mm -hmm. right? I don't need to pursue this max life. I'm good. I'm comfortable. And that's the disease, right? So yeah. there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with being comfortable, okay? Like, and, and, and you know, there's, there's, a, there's a different definition. If comfortable is, hey, you know what? You're getting by. Mm -hmm. Comfortable. But when, you, when, you, when you're working so hard and you get to a level you, you, it's okay to enjoy that comfortableness yeah. for a moment, right? Like, I enjoy a very comfortable life, okay? But I don't allow it to dictate everything. Meaning, yeah, I enjoy it. And I'm comfortable. However, you have to be pursuing the max life because where you are right now is not, is not okay. You can't stay there. It's either going to go down or it's going to go up. And you're like not going to be able stays to, the same. Yeah, you, right? I, I'm not going to be able to actualize the goals of impact that I want to reach right. if I stay there. Unless you go for your max life. Yeah. Right. If you go for your max life, now you're maximizing. You're 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 shooting for the ultimate max as opposed to, you know, I'm comfortable. And you you know, comfortableness is as it is different for everybody. Could be comfortable at hundred thousand or three hundred thousand or five hundred thousand or ten million, right? Whatever that number is for you. Still not your max life, mm. right? And max life is really where you have security, right? Your max yeah. life is you're just impenetrable. You have a fortress around. You're impenetrable. Yeah. Doesn't matter who who gets voted in and who what happens to the economy, what happens to the gas prices, and what happens to Umfufu and Johnny and Timmy, and you don't care, yeah, because you're impenetrable. Yeah, who cares about gas prices? Who cares what who it cares, is today? Right, but that's why yeah. you can't be small. Yeah, this is the worst mistake you can make. Yeah, you know, some friends of mine uh, visited Grant's office a couple of weeks ago when he had that private meeting, and they left with a similar feeling to what I think I'm experiencing now, having this conversation with you. Is dude, I am I Keisha. We gotta, we gotta pursue this max life. We've been living too comfortable, mm -hmm. um, and we, in order to hit these goals, we have to be more aggressive, more intentional, hyper focused. Uh, cut out all the BS, cut out all the people, heavy, you know, dead weight, mm -hmm. and really work harder on hitting these, these major goals and probably increase the goal. I'm not thinking big enough, and I'm realizing that I'm not thinking big no, enough. No, I mean, look, we could all think bigger. I'll tell you that the, probably one of the biggest impacts that will, that, will, that will affect your bottom line and your top line is, is in the biggest, quickest change you'll see is when you just get rid of the bad people. Mm. When I got rid of the bad people in my life, I grew 286% in three years. Wow. When I got rid of all the bad people. But all of them. Like, look up the definition of all. <laughs> it means all. No means most. Not, no no, not most. Area. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're family. I don't care. It doesn't matter, dude. And that's the thing. People get really f reasonable about that shit. 
Oh, but it's my uncle. Yeah, but your uncle's a, a, a disaster. Oh, it's my cousin Johnny. Yeah, but your cousin Johnny's a drug dealer. Mm. Like, yeah, but he's nice. He's a drug dealer. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like people get reasonable about it. Like, yeah. and, and you can't. Like, I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter who it is. You, you, if, if they're bad news and they're not for you, you got to X them. You can love them from afar is what I always tell people. Mm-hmm. Right? I love you from afar. <laughs> Far meaning I don't talk to you. You're over yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you don't come over here. You just stay over there. There's literally some, you know, I, I think back to incidents in my life when my mother passed there's even family i had to cut off uh-huh. don't talk to them anymore don't communicate don't anything they yep. are completely cut off yeah and sometimes you don't it, it takes situations and circumstances to before you realize it. the toxic people in your life and people that will talk crap about you behind your back and hold you back hold you down and um you know i encourage everybody to make that list i i think this conversation we're having right now people are thinking of the top 5 10 20 people in their lives that Dang, I, you know, they're tiptoeing, you know, we can probably make it work. You know, I don't have to spend as much time with them, but they're important that you're like, no, cut it. Well, that's, that's a key point where you say, right? So and I'll end with this. This is a really important point, right? Okay. So, cause I, I know we're running out of time. Are we? Uh, we're way over time. We're paying <laughs> Um I'm surprised they haven't come down and got me. Um, but what I'll, what I'll say is, um, you, you mentioned like, oh, well, I, I got to talk to this person because I, I do business with them or I work with them. Yeah. Okay. But that's why you want to be bigger. I don't have I, the one of the other reasons that you asked me earlier, like why I wanted to be big, right? Grow, grow really huge was because I, I didn't want to ever be in a position where I had to do business with somebody that um, didn't agree with my, with myself or my family. Okay. I didn't want to have to do business with them because I needed to, to take, to to provide for my family Mm. because that's where you lose power. Yeah. I wanted to get myself in a position where I don't care who you are. I don't have to do business with you to provide for my wife or my kids or anybody. If I don't like from the pure fact that I don't like you, I don't like your energy. I don't like your vibe. I don't like the way you look. I don't like the shoes you wear, like whatever. Whatever it is for me, right? Because some of the best deals are the deals you walk away from, okay? But I didn't want to have my life governed with or tell my wife, hey, well, we, we, yeah, we have to go to their house for their party because, yeah, we do business. You know, they, they provide a lot of revenue for our family. And, yeah, but the guy's a dick and he's rude to you and blah, blah, blah. Or he's rude to my wife or whatever or, you know, you know what, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. I did not want to be in that position in life. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to get as big as I can get. To where if somebody says, oh, they want to do business with me or, or, or whatever, I can be like, no, I don't want to. Options. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't have to. I don't want to. And so I'm, I'm able to say that today in my life. I don't have to do business with anybody I don't want to. I don't care who the f*** you are. I don't have to. Yeah, but you have to do this deal. No, I don't. Oh, but you have to do this meeting. No, I f- don't. I don't have to do shit. Right? That right there. And that's power. That's power. That, and you don't get that yeah. being a gazelle. Yeah. So... I'm not saying I'm completely there yet for myself in my own mind, but that's that's what I'm striving for every day is is that that freedom is is I don't want to get a phone call. You have to go meet with them. No, I don't want to have to meet with somebody. I don't have to take a phone call. I don't have to go to somebody's Christmas party. I have a rule, dude. I don't I don't hug people I don't like. I don't go to their house just because I'm trying to keep 
with the Benjamins and shit. I don't go to somebody's house just because I oh we're trying to keep everything you know like the relationship f- relationship. I don't I don't live my life that way. I don't want to, right? If I go to your house because I f- like you, if I don't go to your house or I didn't show up at your f- house, I don't f- like you. It's simple, as opposed to oh we got to go to somebody's house and I got to hug a mother f- I don't like and be fake. You know who said that? Yeah. Pac. Pac said that, right? I'm a big Tupac fan. Big year Tupac. I'm always Tupac. Tupac talked about that, right? He was like, I don't hug a motherfucker. I don't like. So, so that's that's where you ultimately, man, that's where you ultimately want to get to. Anybody that's listening to this, this is where you want to go, man. You don't want to be a gazelle. You don't want to have to go go to parties and people and hang out with fuckers that you don't like. Just because you got to get along because it's like, oh, it's revenue for my family or my business. You don't want to do that. Power and freedom. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, I'll end with that. That's all. I'm out of gas for the for the, for the day. <laughs> Listen, man, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much again. Yeah, this, yeah. this was amazing. This conversation was great. And I'm leaving with my cup full. No, that's good, man. Thank you I, so I, much. I, did, I gave you value, man. That's, what I'm, <laughs> you that's did. what I'm here for, man. You did. That's awesome. So where, where can, you want to tell them where they can find you? Uh, on Instagram. <clears throat> Omar Cross, D-O-L-M-A-R-C-R-O-S-S on Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Vic Tipness podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more business advice and motivation to help you reach and surpass your business goals.